You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour or so, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. It's Thanksgiving week. So glad to be here on this Monday as we prepare for one of the great holidays the food, the football, the family, but most importantly, it is the heart of gratitude, the Thanksgiving mindset. And so today we will talk about that uh, as we prepare for the week. And and of course, uh, this year I always think about, all right, I want to talk about Thanksgiving and the, the, the idea of gratitude and appreciation. And then I'm always reminded, wait, why do I only focus so much on it this time of year where it really should be a lifestyle? It's that day-to-day gratitude for for so much and and specifically today uh we're going to talk about our faith journey and and actually we're going to parallel it to a backup quarterback in the nfl becoming a starter and so how does all that tie in we'll do that during our unpack this segment in just a little bit and and so we always take sports stories related to the bible related to our own lives uh but i come in today uh with a heart of gratitude as I've, i've thought about it and, uh, and I love this time of year. What a glorious time of year. We, we, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, but I like to get to and through Thanksgiving first. Admittedly, I did get the Christmas tree from the attic. It's not up, no ornaments yet, but it is down and ready to go. So it's, you know, Christmas is it's coming. I can't wait. I love Christmas time, but Thanksgiving is here. And the games on Thursday, we're ready to go for those two. How about Detroit winning yesterday? They've now won three straight. How good is that? That's fun. And then Luke's Dallas Cowboys. We'll hear from Luke in a minute. They dominate the Vikings. We all love the Vikings. We thought the Vikings were all one of the teams to beat in the NFC. Uh, some question marks coming from them after yesterday. And then looking at the NFL standings, how about the AFC East, the NFC East? Which division is better? All eight teams in each division, they've got winning records at this point in the season. How crazy is that? And then to think, too, that the Lions are ahead of the Packers in the standings in the uh, NFC North. So that's pretty wild uh, as well. Uh, But today on the show, we'll do a little tap drill. We're going to do a unique I'm Convinced Today Thanksgiving edition. And so Luke's going to bring up some interesting Thanksgiving topics uh, today as well. And we'll, we'll get into some college football coming up on Saturday. We get all the great rivalry games, which I can't wait for. Uh, And then, of course, plenty of storylines to unpack from yesterday's day in the NFL. We are brought to you by MetaShare and encourage you to check out MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. They help members save up to 50% or more per month on their health care costs. It's the best alternative to health insurance. Uh, They've got a proven record for almost 30 years. Uh, my family, we've been members uh, for, for a long time now and encourage you to take uh, really just two minutes, 
see how much money you can save, go investigate for yourself, metashare.com slash unpacking it. We are also brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. And, and so we're so excited about Sugar Creek. They're a new sponsor, and the coffee is delicious. Their mantra, they've got a passion for coffee, but a love for people. And, and it's handcrafted, small batch, artesian roasted, and they specialize in, in really this uh, you know, specialized handcrafted coffee. It's, it's made just outside of Charlotte, and so it's really fresh. You can order online, sugarcreekcoffee.com, and they'll deliver it to you. Uh, it'll come delicious, ready to roll. So, uh, so enjoy. Use the promo code UNPACK. Uh, save a little bit of money. Also support the ministry. So uh, sugarcreekcoffee.com. All right, Luke, we got a lot to get to today on this Thanksgiving week. Coming off a, a big weekend in the NFL. I was all excited yesterday because I had three TV ro TVs rolling at the 1 o'clock games. I had the Colts on one TV, the Panthers on one TV, the Red Zone in the middle, and my Colts let me down, my Panthers let me down. But then at 4 o'clock, Vikings-Cowboys. Oh, wow, the national game. This is going to be a great game, great battle. Uh, two you know, top teams in the NFC. Dallas uh, coming off a you know, kind of a weird loss to Green Bay last week. And sure enough, your Cowboys dominated the Vikings. Wow. So you got to be feeling good today. Feeling good. So it's hard. I, I probably hold a, a unpopular sports fandom opinion. Yes, I love when my team wins, but I don't like a blowout because I'm with you. On it's that. harder to stay engaged. That, that was the largest margin of victory this season because the Bills beat Pittsburgh 38 to three early in the season, which was huge. But that Steelers were not good. Bills are great. This game, Vikings are really good. I mean, fighting for the number one seed in the NFC, and they goes losing four. They lose 40 to three, but it's hard because. Midway through the third quarter, I'm like, gosh, like, yeah, I want to watch, but I also don't want to. Like, I'm ready to turn it off. I just hate that feeling. <laughs> Once you know it's, I know. Because even, it's even when I played sure. basketball in high school, freshman A team, we had a good squad. However, when we're up 30, I, I, would, I would never throw in the towel. I would always play with 100% effort. But I would hope that the other team would make a run and make it close. Right. I loved when it was a close game. So... I root for close games in my team winning close games. And for the most part, that's what we get. We got plenty of that yesterday in the NFL as we do every week. And, and some games you know, really did come down to the wire. And even the Panthers were in that game against Baltimore. It was a low scoring game, uh, but the Ravens are tough. That defense is really, really impressive. Uh, and then of course, Lamar Jackson knows how to make plays uh, when he needs to. And yeah. they, actually their defense made some major plays as well. Uh, but also, we got to talk about last night's game, which was fantastic. Chiefs and and the Chargers, and I, I like the Chargers a lot. I want them to be good, but they're just this classic team that doesn't know how to win. Like, they just consistently don't know how to win and, and get the big wins, and the Chiefs do. The Chiefs, and I, I saw something earlier, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he just makes it look so easy, and it's so cliche to hear that but he plays with such an ease out there. Mm -hmm. And it helps when, which I think we can all maybe agree on this now, I guess there's still some debate, but for the most part, Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end ever. It's not hyperbole. It's not caught in the moment. He is unstoppable week in, week out, season after season. And he's rarely injured. 
He rarely has a stinker of a game. He is always in the mix. And almost every time he touches the ball, it's like a threat to be a touchdown. Yeah. And and so it's it's absolutely remarkable. And and so if you want to argue Tony Gonzalez, eh, maybe he's awesome, but still the the, the the machine that is Travis Kelsey, it's remarkable. So mm-hmm. that's my big takeaway from last night as well. It's he's like he's like what we were saying about Cooper Cup. He it's just every game. It's every, every game. game. But other big time playmakers they have off weeks and it feels like Travis Kelsey again it's no matter like everyone knows they're getting the ball to Kelsey you lose Tyreek Hill all right this year it's all about Kelsey well it doesn't matter he's still gonna do it to have three touchdowns I mean it's just it's amazing (laughs) and you're selling yourself short you don't just like the Chargers you love the Chargers you love them I want to love them I want to love them you it's it's unfortunate because they're so talented we love herbert eckler like there's lovable guys keenan allen bosa like there's so many good players yes but are you said this maybe a month or two ago are you still under the impression they got to move on from their coach it's 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 from from a coaching standpoint that's what's holding them back it's you know what? It's more of a franchise thing at this point because the Chargers, they just, even when they were winning a ton of games, the Phillip Rivers years. Yeah, with LaDainian Tomlinson. Who was their, what was their tight end? Who was their tight end? Antonio Gates. Yeah, Antonio Gates. Yeah. yeah. One of the best ever, for sure. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's in that conversation as well. Um, and then they had another, oh, uh, Vincent Jackson was a good receiver. But yeah, yeah. They, you know, they had the talent and they just have never been able to get over the hump. And it's a fascinating thing. They've tried different coaches. Uh, and if, now they've got a different quarterback who's who's as good as Philip Rivers and maybe even projects to be better than Philip Rivers down the line. Um, and and so and maybe they'll eventually turn the corner, but I don't know if it's going to take the right coach or what. But there's just something about the LA Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, yeah, that they're missing something. It's 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 very weird. Um, yeah, but their biggest but I, win every year is having the best jerseys. Which hey, that's not <laughs> something you do. you can hang your hat on that. But you want That's you want that good. to follow with wins. Their color scheme, oh, it's so good. Great you're, jerseys. You're a Jersey guy. You're a, I'm Jersey, a Jersey guy. guy. Wearing okay. the jersey. Go USA, baby. Come on. USA playing Wales right now. Wearing my Chelsea Christian Pulisic jersey. We're feeling good. So you don't have a Team USA shirt? Where's your so Team I, USA shirt? I'm on the fence of pulling the trigger on one. They are significant coin. It would be it would be a substantial donation to the American economy. <laughs> but it, it may be worth it. It may be Man. worth it. So the World Cup is is now underway. Is that is that right? So I'm I'm admittedly not a soccer guy. So I loved playing soccer. I don't dislike the sport, but I'm just not into it. I don't follow it. But I will do my best to follow the World Cup, watch it as I'm available. If there is no football, no basketball, <laughs> there's no movie I want to watch, no TV I want to oh, watch. Even movies are getting promoted over it. I mean, if, if that's the case, then I'll find some time, you know. Yeah, but Mass Singer's that, on, no question. No that's right. Question. Yeah. It's like a, I think it's a double feature this week with uh, with the Mass Singer, so a two night special. So there's no time for for uh, soccer then. But just for our for our general audience, we'll, we'll talk a little World Cup in a, in a little bit, and, and we'll ask a couple questions uh, to Luke just so that we're prepared. I don't like to be. I'm not fake uh, soccer guy where I'm going to pretend like I'm. 
I'm all in on the World Cup and I, I've been following it, you know, these last four years building up to it, like, <laughs> you know, some of our friends and maybe even listeners will do, which is fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. You can pretend like you're all in. But we, know, we know the truth. We know the truth. So I'm, that's where I'm at. But of course, it'd be awesome to see USA make a run. It'd be fun to see some, some big wins and, 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 you know, make it interesting. And it's cool to see the country rally around a team, right? Yep. This gives us that opportunity. Rarely do we see this. Sometimes maybe with the, uh, the dream team and, and that kind of thing in, in basketball. And, uh, but for the most part, to find a team sport that the whole country can get behind mm-hmm. is rare. And we, we yeah. it's hard to anything to get behind yep. uh, commonality these days. So I, I'm all for that, and I can, I can get into that as a sports fan. Um, so we'll, we'll tease that a little bit. We'll hear from, from Luke uh, in a little bit. I, I do want to mention – uh, anybody listening live right now, you can always jump in on the chat. We love hearing from you. Sometimes we'll read it during the show. Sometimes it'll be after the show, but we love your uh, feedback, participation, answer to some of the questions throughout the show. Uh, it, it adds it adds a lot of value to us. So thank you so much for those that listen on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, those of you that, that listen later on the podcast, we're, we're so grateful for you uh, as well and, and appreciate the emails and texts and comments wherever you uh, engage with us. So, uh, so thank you for that. Um, the other interesting game from, from yesterday is the fact that the Browns and the bills played in Detroit. And there was a moment during the, the red zone channel where they were showing the Detroit and giants game mm-hmm. while also double boxing the <laughs> Cleveland Buffalo game in Detroit. And so uh, uh, somebody on Twitter commented and then Red Zone acknowledged it during the, the broadcast that that was very confusing for Lions fans. That was a, <laughs> that was a bizarre situation. Um, and, and, and you sent me something funny today with a Bills fan, uh, his baby, like a young baby, a video oh, of a young baby. Weeks newborn, old. Weeks yeah, old. newborn. Doing the uh, fall on the table. It was like a christening. It was hilarious. It was because if you haven't seen the videos, Bills fans have somehow become known for jumping off of cars, sometimes low buildings, onto fold-out tables and destroying them. They're not. That's their thing, which is bonkers, but it's, it's Bills Mafia. It's what Bills fans do. So I guess it's becoming a thing where you have a newborn, you christen them. There is this miniature fold-out table and he laid his baby down on the table, and it I mean, it was probably pre-broken, but it was hilarious. To be fair, it was significant contact. He, he, didn't, he didn't let him down easy. There was some contact Damn. there. Uh, but it was hilarious because Bill, uh, 30, 40, 50 Bills fans were around him going crazy. So I, I've Bill, Bills fans are in a league of their own. And, and so that's the question today because even thinking about how they sold, like, 50,000-plus seats in Detroit for mm-hmm. Buffalo fans. The idea that Buffalo fans were helping the players get out of the snow. They're going to their house in the neighborhood, you know, clearing the way. Everybody <laughs> else is trapped at home, six feet of snow. <laughs> Let's make sure the players can get to a plane, get out of here, head to Detroit. <laughs> so the, the, the fan base is, is loyal. They're awesome. They're diehards. They, they've never, you know, experienced they've, – they've experienced plenty of success, but they've also experienced a lot of heartache. Yeah. for a, a number of years. But but the question that I that, that comes to mind is what fan base are you either you know jealous of or that you just wish you were a part of 
But you know you can't, because I don't know if you can just jump on the Bills bandwagon. Like, that's not the same as growing up and really being a true yeah. you know, Bills fan. And really, whatever fan you are, you're almost, you make that decision by the age of 10, and then you're locked in. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but for me, I grew up, I, I didn't grow up, I spent a few years in Rochester, New York, and I had the opportunity to be a Bills fan. But I passed on that opportunity because when I moved to Carolina and Charlotte and I'm a Panthers fan. So that's that's the the, the sad road I've been on ever since. Now we've had some good years. But uh, but anyway, I'm just hey, curious. You've been to a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I two. haven't seen a Super Bowl appearance, two Super Bowl appearances, two. two. Yep. So we'll, we'll take the two losses. But um, but but anyway, what what fan base do you wish you were a part of or, or maybe that fan base that just has the coolest culture? Uh, and in some ways, the Bills culture is crazy. It's insane. I don't, I'm not even sure if I want to be a part of that. But but it yeah. at least makes you you think about and, and wonder, uh, you know, even as a college, if you're a college sports fan, is there a fan base that you wish? Ah, I went to another school, but man, I'm, that other school, they got such a great culture and, and, and fan base that, that you're you're intrigued by. So yeah. does any does any team pro college jump out to you? So I I applied to Kansas for college purely out of the desire to go to basketball games. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, is this the reason to go to college just for basketball <laughs> games? And I opted away from it and I went to A&M. I think the way I see this question is almost a, a philosophy rather than a specific team. My heart, I just have, a, I just love small market teams that have diehard fan bases because when they have success, mm. it's so rewarding. Even even like big leagues. So like, I've heard that Portland Trailblazers, their fans are amazing because they don't. They're not a four professional team city. Yep. It's just Portland fans. Now they have a, they have an MLS team. But if you're growing up in that city, you are diehard Portland, diehard Trailblazers. I think of San Antonio Spurs fans, the Spurs fans that I know are diehard because that's their team. Dallas, it's like, ah, you got a bunch of teams. It's big market. So now I, I'm going to be a Dallas fan forever, but there's something about those small market teams where if you're bought in for the long haul, it, it offers the potential for extremely rewarding sports fandom. Like I would never want to be a Lakers fan. Never. I would never oh. want to be a Knicks fan I would never want to be a Patriots fan. I don't know. These these big markets, I don't they don't offer as much reward. I, deep down. Yeah, cuz it's championship or bust. Yeah. No, I I I hear you on that. Um if the Charlotte Hornets ever win anything, that'll be fun. We'll we'll uh we'll come out of the the woodwork a little bit. So, which, um which is why Mavs 2011 is so rewarding because the Mavericks feel like a small market team. Everyone, there's a nickname they have here, the, the Little Mavericks. A lot of people just call them the Little Mavericks because, yeah, they're in Dallas, big market, but they feel small market because they've had limited like, championship success. So being able to win that and raise that banner in 2011, it felt like a small market team winning. So I, it just was so meaningful. As you've told us, I think, week after week for the last hey, three if years. If you're allowed to to drop a Jake DeLome shout-out, I'm allowed to drop a Mavs 2011 shout-out. I wonder what the counter is overall. I feel like Jake DeLome has been talked about more. 
uh, you're pushing it lately. I think you've, I think you've, uh, you've, you've passed me on that one a little bit, but, uh, but no, that's a good, good example. So anyway, just thought about that with bills fans and you know, I'm not sure if there's early in the season, there were a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon, not necessarily diehard bills fans, but a lot of people were like, ah, oh, this is yeah. bills year. We're feeling good. Where are those fans at now? You know, are, do people still feel confident in the bills? Uh, of course, last week, you know, losing to, to Minnesota, but then bouncing back against the, the lowly Browns. And that's a whole nother story. I mean, the, the Browns situation is just, it's weird. Like, cause now they're going to have to give up a top 10 pick most likely to Houston. So Houston's the worst team. They're going to have the number one pick. And then they're also going to have another top 10 pick from Cleveland. Yeah. So that that's crazy too. Well, now Detroit uh, is going to have a super high pick because the Rams are so bad. That's right. Detroit's going to have a top five pick. Because the so, golf, the golf trade. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Rams, so they lose again yesterday. Stafford goes down. The Saints somehow came back in that game and, and all of a sudden looked good in the second half and started rolling a little bit with Andy Dalton. But I started thinking about when a, t- a team goes all in, you win the Super Bowl, and it is worth it. Like, you want to win a Super Bowl, and even if you stink for the next few years, it's like, hey, we got a Super Bowl. And, and I think most fans accept that and understand that. But there is something to be said about losing the, the, the Super Bowl luster. And, and it was almost like they, the Rams didn't even get to milk it long enough to where we're already talking about how bad the Rams are. Like you want to at least extend, yeah. you, you extend it a little bit longer. Because like even the Bucks a couple of years ago, like they extended it. They were you know, in, in competitive the following year. Because well, like there's something in the mix. There's, I still think it's worth it to get a Super Bowl because it's so difficult. However, to your point, there is something about being able to say the following season, defending champs. Yeah. Can they can they defend their title? Like this year for Kansas basketball, a lot of different players. However, they're a good team, and they're they're they're. It's realistic that they're going to be defending their title. I'm not saying they're going to repeat. They're probably not going to, but they're in the mix. So it really feels like this is the defending champion and you have to remove them from that. They're not just going to give it to you. The Rams have handed it over. They're, like, yeah, they, they didn't even make it half the season to be able to, to, yeah, we're defending our title. Like, no, no, we won it last year, but our, our time's over. I, I, I agree with you. It doesn't, there's the beauty of winning a championship is being able to milk it. Like you said, and enjoy being the defending champions. Like they're and, defending and even, champions, but it doesn't feel like it as much. There's no intimidation. No. It's a bad season. Because there's one thing about the Super Bowl hangover. You get off to a slow start, but you're still – people are waiting for you to kind of turn it around. The Rams aren't turning around. It's over. So it's, it's over. like the season yeah. is over, and it's unraveling. It gets worse and worse. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy that that's the case. And they will be a very forgettable Super Bowl champion. I, you know, isn't that isn't that wild? Because I, I, I do think they will be, but it's so I don't disagree with you. But it's it's kind of shocking to flash back to after they won, they're bringing back Aaron Donald, Stafford, Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey, big names. Yeah, and you would want that as a sports fan. You would want to see okay, can they run it back? Is there any dynasty potential? Is there any longevity potential? So even if you're a Rams hater, 
you want to see the defending champs defend their crown and be a tough out. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm still young into the sports fan life compared to a lot of people who have been following their team for decades and decades. I'm not sure I've seen in my lifetime a champion perform this poorly the year after. I mean, it's, I tried to look it up. Like, yeah, there's been some teams that missed the playoffs. I think the the Broncos missed the playoffs the next year after 2015. After left. Um, but that was different because they, you lose your quarterback, you lose a lot of players. The Rams brought a lot of players back. Big names. Yeah. Total letdown. Yeah, no, they lost the offensive line lost a lot. So that was that's yeah. a, a big key to it. But. <laughs> but the conversation is, yeah, no, losing Whitworth was a huge loss. Your team's unraveling because you lost your 40 year old left tackle. Oh, oh that's not true. an excuse. That's not an excuse. That's fair. That's a good point. That is a good point. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot, lot of teams struggling in LA, but but USC in the mix. So USC college football playoff, <laughs> at, least, right. at least at least in the mix. Now they're <laughs> hanging on to hanging on to that at this point. Oh. Um, even the Chargers, I mean, I, I guess they're still alive, but the AFC is so tough, so deep. It's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. It really How about is. This potentially one team from that division making the playoffs. When before the season we're thinking, yeah, three or four. Can they do four? Probably three, but yeah. Crazy. Oh, really USA is. just scored. Congratulations. All right, we'll get a little World Cup soccer uh, talk in, in just a little bit. But but I do want to jump into this week's Unpack This Topic where we take a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And you know who we got to talk about? The Washington Commanders. How about Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Four and one since filling in for Carson Wentz. And this has been a, a, a weird season for them. And even to me, even going back to the fact that they traded for Carson Wentz was bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. But Taylor Heineke uh, has filled in nicely. But I want to actually unpack his story. And I think yeah. it parallels uh, an important encouragement for us today. I'll say quickly, mm-hmm. the year of the backup, Dak goes down, Cooper Rush, 4-1. and one. Wentz goes down, Heineke, 4-1. Russell Pretty Wilson, spectacular. Geno Smith comes in. Geno Smith. Yeah. Wild. Carolina, you have five different quarterbacks. <laughs> None of them are good. None of them are good. They're all, it's no good. It's a disaster. Disaster in Carolina. I'm done with Baker Mayfield. I wanted to see him out there. I'm glad I saw him out there. I saw it, and I don't want to do that again. So I'm out. <laughs> but Taylor Heineke, he could be the Panthers quarterback. They let him get away. But but here's what's here's yeah. what's so cool about his story and, and and why I want to talk about him today. So, undrafted 2015, plays college football, Old Dominion. Vikings gave him his first shot, but he was released after two seasons. He was just a backup there. They signed with the Patriots practice squad, but he was cut shortly after that. Then he finally makes his NFL debut Christmas 2017 with the Texans. He completes one pass, gets a concussion was waived by the team a few a few months later. Hmm. Then the Panthers claimed him off waivers, uh, and he appeared in six games in 2018. He was named the starter in, in, in week 16 after Cam Newton was injured. Then Heineke suffered an elbow injury and ended the season. Or, you know, there were only two games left. But uh, And then he re-signed with the Panthers in 2019, but he didn't make the final roster right before the season. All right, so then he goes to the XFL, but he never played in the XFL. In 2020, he finally makes it to Washington, signs to the practice squad, 
And then remember, there were a couple injuries to their other quarterbacks. He ends up starting the wild card game against the Bucs. And it was a Played game. Pretty well. Yeah. Played pretty well. Made it interesting. The Bucs had to get through them and him in order to go win that Super Bowl. Yeah. So then in 2021, they brought him back to be the backup to Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> then Fitzpatrick got injured. Heineke was the starter, but he was still just a fill-in for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they decided, all right, he's not our, you know, Heineke's not our guy. We're going to go trade for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz comes in. He gets injured. Heineke fills in for him again, goes four and one. And now where do we stand? Heineke has been named the starter. He will remain the starter even when Carson Wentz is back healthy. Yep. And so what a cool journey. I mean, think about that crazy journey. The yep. cuts, the, the releases, the injuries, all of that, this wild journey to now. They beat Houston yesterday. Ron Rivera, hey, he's going to remain the starter. And, you know, just two years ago, he was, uh, Taylor Heineke was sleeping on his sister's couch. And now Gosh. he's secured the starting job with the commanders. Well-deserved. So, I mean, cool, what more cool, do you have cool. to do? What more do you have to do? <laughs> it's, he it's, is it's a guy who's so easy to root for. Yes. You even for NFC, like Cowboys fan. This is a division rival. I love seeing Heineke have success. He is such a football player. And it's now that I didn't, I didn't know much of that. Bad. I didn't know the XFL thing. Now knowing what he's persevered through, trying to chase these opportunities and to finally get them and to make the most of them. Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's something really cool. to root for. And, and so what I want to hone in on, though, is where he's at right now, because here he is. He's the starter. And if he you know, if you listen to him talk or I saw him yesterday after the game and, and this is kind of my takeaway, what I'm pulling from it is that he understands how much this means to be mm -hmm. a starter. You know, he knows what it's like to be on the outside looking in. And, and what it's like to have so much uncertainty. And, and so there's no question that he is thankful for the opportunity to be a starter and, and that he's now you know, established himself as an NFL starting quarterback, at least for now. That's what he, that's where he's at. And, and so, you know, even yesterday he was getting emotional. And then of course the, the announcer, the, uh, the reporter, Oh, you're getting a little emotional, aren't you? So she had to dig at it a little bit, which is, you know, it's like, all right, it's fine. A little, it's fine, but it's also annoying. It's tough. I don't, but, as a side note, I don't think I could sell my soul to be a reporter like that, to ask those questions. Hard. You know, they're that's in hard. their ear. Oh, oh you seem a little emotional. On. You're getting a little emotional here. But, but, but I actually, <laughs> but, but for today's purposes and in, in general, I appreciate that because you know what the emotions represented? It represents gratitude. It represents humility. He, he knows what he's been through. Yeah. And he knows that now here he is to be named the starter. He's not taking that for granted. He, he's not like, you know, what we see with a lot of these players. They're, they're arrogant. They're expectant. They're uh, entitled. You know, a lot of those things, they, they, they bubble up. So when we see a player like this who's humble and, and embraces it, uh, you know, from that, that perspective of, of gratitude, I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And so how does this parallel our own lives? Well, for those of us that – that are followers of Jesus, and, and we think about the paths that led to Christ. Many of us can look back and remember you know, what it was like to be searching and, and hoping to find something secure. 
And, and we know what it's like to be on the outside looking in, where we were the journeymen going from one team to the next, thinking that the next team would be what we were looking for until we got cut. And then we're left wandering again. And, and hopefully, as we think back to what that journey was like before knowing and encountering Jesus and, and, and you know, thinking back to that, that empty life, hopefully that's ended because now you know, Jesus invites us to, quote-unquote, remain a starter with him and to, to be established on his team and, and to secure the opportunity to know him and follow him. So the winding journey that all of us go on it, it needs to end with, with Jesus, right? That's where that's what we want. And then we go, we begin the journey with him. But but that crazy journey of 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 trying this or trying that or oh, this didn't work out, that didn't work out. Uh, I, I thought this was going to be the path. No, no, no. The, the path is Jesus. That's that that's what we want. And, and comparing it to being a starter uh in the NFL. Um, you know, the, that's what Heineke was chasing to be that starter in the in the NFL. And so, you know, here we are as followers of Jesus, established uh, in him, secure in Jesus, and, and, and a part of, of, of you know, God's family, his team. And, and so when we look at uh, Colossians 2, 6 through 7, this is the amplified version, it tells us, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in him, and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. And so that's really what I want to focus on today, especially this, this Thanksgiving week, that, that when we think about where we used to be and what life was like without Jesus transforming us and offering us salvation, are we filled with humility and overflowing with gratitude? When we do reflect, do, do we get emotional as we, we're, we're overcome with the appreciation and the thanksgiving for what God has done in our lives and the opportunity he's given us to receive Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord? That, that, that should move us. It should draw us to, a, to a, such a, a place of, of humility and gratitude. And, and so it's Thanksgiving week, and, and, and so you know, we, we put an emphasis on Thanksgiving, but this is a, a, a regular thing that, that unfortunately we don't do. I, I'm guilty that, that I, I can take it for granted that I, that I know Jesus and that he saved me and that he rescued me, and that he secured me uh, in him, and, and that I can have that confidence and now live it out and, and to, to, to continue to become more and more established in the faith and, and to live in a way uh, where I'm pointing people to him. Um, and so uh, we, we want to overflow with gratitude. And, and what I just love that, that phrasing. Um, and then uh, in the ESV version of Colossians 2, 6, and 7, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding, abounding in thanksgiving. And so... Uh, that's, that's the, uh, the encouragement, the, the goal for us today and, and, and this, this week especially um, to abound in the appreciation of the journey that we once were on and, and the journey that we're still on, but the one without Jesus and now to, to think about, man, I, I'm with Jesus. I, I know him. He saved me. He rescued me. 
And, and, and that, that fills us, it should, as we reflect on that. Wow, what life could have been without him? If he didn't step in and change my heart and change my mind, um, what, what, what life would look like? So I hope that that uh, is encouraging to you today. Uh, Luke, as, as you think about this uh, in your own life and, and think about you know, the, the overflowing of gratitude, um, uh, what, what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, this is a really good reminder. Um, I think culturally, this is an important reminder for all of us because we live in a very uh, materialistic, uh, we live in a, a country, we live in a country where there's a lot of money, a lot of wealth. Now, there's a lot of people who are struggling financially. But in America, compared to some other places around the world, it can be more difficult to really feel our need for God, especially for those whose needs seem to be taken care of. You know, if you've got a good job, you got a roof over your head, family, you've got money, the day-to-day needs you don't think about, it's difficult to really feel your need for God. But we... No matter what you feel, our need for God is so great. I was reading a a book on preaching, and this uh, author was arguing for every sermon should have a fallen condition focus, to where every sermon should, whatever text you're preaching through, it should highlight this is what it shows about the depravity and the neediness of sinful people. Because if you don't show that, you cannot highlight the saving work and the sanctifying work of Jesus, which is what you're talking about is we are so needy, but if we don't see our need for Jesus, for his salvific work in our lives, and for the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us to be a disciple of Jesus, if we don't see that need, how can we possibly have gratitude? Because there's no, there's nothing to be thankful for because we're we're doing things in our own strength, we're building our own selves up, we're relying on ourselves— of course we can't have gratitude for what God's doing if we're relying on our own strength, if we don't see our need for him. So I think God's been showing me that recently is, hey, no matter what you feel like, you need me so much. All your needs that are taken care of is from me. You needed me for salvation. And if you want to follow me, you need to rely on the power of my spirit in order mm. to follow me. So the past few months, that's been something God's really been reminding me of because it's easy for me to forget that need to mm. it's I, I'm prone to relying on my own strength to follow Jesus. It never works, but it, that's just something I'm prone to do. So God revealing to me and showing me the past few months, Hey, you need me way more than you think you do. And it's led me to far greater gratitude for the, mm. for the day-to-day things. But in order to have yeah. thankfulness, we <clears throat> need to see our need. Amen. No, that's that's excellent. And 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 even this week too, I, I think it's important that we thank God for all the blessings in our lives. But oftentimes that list, you know, consists of material things and and a lot of things that don't don't matter. Yet we're still, oh, I'm thankful for those things. It's fine. It's good to be thankful. All good gifts come from God, all that kind of thing. But but I think my focus today, and think about this concept, is I just want to be thankful for salvation and Jesus and who he is and, and what he's done in my life and beginning there. And cause all the other things are, are great. And I'm thankful for my wife and kids and family and 
growing up in Charlotte and all the, all these wonderful blessings that I have, uh, my sweet man cave, all of that. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> but 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 I don't want that to be the the main focus. I want to begin with, man, am I really taking the time to soak in and appreciate, to even be drawn to the emotions mm-hmm. of of to your point, the need, the the, the thought of what life would be like, the emptiness of what my life would be like if I didn't know Jesus, yeah. the, the thought of what eternity would be like uh, without knowing Jesus. Uh, and so to, to allow that, to, to, to sit in that, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's my challenge to myself, and I, and I hope that that encourages other people to do the same. Um, let, let, let's start there. Let, let's start there this week um, and let some of the other, you know, the extra stuff that we're thankful for too, that he's blessed us that we don't deserve either. Yeah. Uh, that, that are nice things in life. Um, and yeah, and something that uh, continues to come up at at my church, something my pastor really uh, hits on when he preaches is just the exhortation for us to con- continue to pray that God would stir our affections for him, that our affections for Jesus would continue to be stirred up, asking God to do that, because that leads to gratitude. Like you're saying, when we're not that we're chasing a feeling because that's not what this is about but Mm-mm. there is to experience true affections for Jesus that goes with gratitude because when we're really in the mindset in the posture of loving Jesus we can't help but be thankful and to have gratitude and i like how you've you've kind of set priorities of thankfulness cuz yeah we want to be thankful for all these things Look, I'm thankful for the World Cup. That's great as a sports fan. Really fun. But uh, I not. should be, and I hope I'm more often far more thankful for my eternity being secured in Christ. Yeah. But I want to I want to live in that affection more. Because I know it intellectually. Mm. I, I always know it intellectually, but for it to go from head to heart and really experience the feelings of gratitude that's far that's inconsistent but i I want i want that more often and the reminder today is is a helpful start cool cool well that's uh yeah for me as well so i I hope that it resonates with people and it gives you gives you something to think about and as you watch taylor heineke and you know take take notice too listen to him now i'm not i don't know where he's at spiritually i'm just talking from a football standpoint his appreciation for becoming a starter having this opportunity, there's humility and gratitude there. And I think if we capture what that looks like in our own lives from the perspective of what Christ has done and who he is and his character mm-hmm. and, and you know, the all-powerful God that we serve, uh, does, it, does, it, does gratitude and humility pour out of us? Yeah. Is that what people hear and see uh-huh. when they interact with us? And, and it and requires talk about our journey. And it requires us to reflect, because like Taylor Heineke, he's – he knows where he's come from, and I'm sure the temptation is, okay, what's next? How can I secure a longer, a bigger contract? What can I do next? But reflecting on where he's come from allows him to appreciate the moment more. And in our own lives, we must do the same thing. And f- practically for me, I grew up in a home that preached Christ to me from an early age. And I placed my faith in Christ when I was eight years old. That's when I became a disciple of Jesus. And no doubt I've struggled with sin and rebelling against God, but I, I didn't experience the, the 25, the 30 years of not following Jesus 
and then coming to Christ. And there's a clear life change as an adult. I never experienced that. I was a kid and it's, again, it's easier for me to not see my, my neediness as much as I need to. And it's easier for me to just keep going. What's next and not appreciate what God's actually done in my life. Like even what he protected you from. And exactly. Like even like losing my dad when I was eight, I, I know in my mind, gosh, God showed up huge and his was so faithful and is still so faithful but even something to that magnitude, it's easy to, to kind of grow numb to because we're thinking what's next. But it, it, would be, it, would be a, it would be sad for me to never sit and take the time to reflect on moments like those where God's been faithful to me. Versus, again, because it's just easy to... Maybe it's America, maybe it's just the sin of man, but to just what's next, what's next, rather than reflect on the, on the faithfulness of God which stirs up that gratitude. That's right. Which then helps you continue following him. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yes. And then, then you continue to walk in him, uh, as the verse said, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, uh, abounding in thanksgiving. So um, there you go. Good stuff. Yeah, we could talk about it all day, and maybe we should, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. And um, actually, re- I read something interesting. Pastors, if they just would end five minutes earlier, they it, it could potentially be more impactful. So I'm going to take that advice. Sometimes if you just take five minutes, you just keep it a little bit, little bit shorter, a little bit more concise. Um, it can actually be even more that's effective. What, uh, that's what my preaching professor says. He goes, "Is that right?" Okay, I so read he it. He says well. some of the best sermons ever have been 45, 50 minutes, but I'm convinced if they were 10 minutes shorter, they'd be even better. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And it's not, yeah, it's not just, yeah, it's, it's, let, let's just sit and rest in what we've already, what we've already said versus adding to it and let that, let that do, let God do the work through uh, th- those topics we brought up. So uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth, truth in that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll give Luke his, uh, his five seconds of, speaking of keeping it short, five seconds, <laughs> he used to give Paulie five good seconds of soccer talk. So um <laughs> As anybody, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Dan Patrick fan. So um, I'll give you a little bit more than five seconds. But here are the big questions. All right, as a as an average fan, I'm maybe even less than an average fan, a non soccer fan who's interested in following along with the World Cup. What do I need to be aware of? What are the expectations for USA, and and what do I need to know? All right, here are big storylines. First storyline. England has not won anything since 1966. They won the World Cup that year. They have not won a World Cup since. They have never won the European tournament. That's every four years, the Euros. They lost in the final in, in against Italy in the previous one. But they have, they're almost kind of like the Cowboys. A lot of hype every year. A lot of talent. Never get it done. It's been a long time. This year, England has a chance to win it. Very good team. Another storyline, Brazil, unbelievably talented. The over the one of the clear favorites to win. They haven't won in twenty years, and they're one of the powerhouses because only eight countries have ever won the World Cup, even though over eighty have qualified in total. Only eight have ever won it. Brazil's a favorite. Another storyline, Lionel Messi's last World Cup for Argentina, his last ever World Cup, and Argentina is currently on an international 
very long unbeat very long unbeaten streak so they're a favorite and then for the usa just get to the knockout round make it make a run get out of the group stage it's the youngest so we're team not in the winning World it Cup. are you telling me we're not winning it oh well i don't i'm that yeah we're not going to win the world cup we're not winning it all right let me let me fire but up i don't want to live in that movies, so then. My challenge to myself is I don't want to be Mr. Pessimistic Sports Fan. I want to allow myself to enjoy. I'm going to hope anything can happen. The U.S. is not a favorite. Youngest team in the World Cup. A lot of inexperience. But we at least qualified. And it's interesting. So I'm very excited. It's going to be a great World Cup. Aren't we a country? It's about winning and championships. We're settling for mediocrity. Is that what you're telling me? Well, proper expectations. No, I've been I've been hearing about the World Cup since I was in college, and I've all the soccer guys. Come on, man! Yeah, this is our year. This is you know we're we're turning the corner. That was how many years ago? How many World Cups ago? And we're still not any. We haven't pushed it further. Why is this, Luke? It's why are we not competing? So why are we this not competing is, for it all? This take of mine has no data whatsoever, but I'm convinced if the NFL, if profession, if the NFL did not exist. For the next 15 years, the U.S. would win a World Cup. If all of our best athletes grew up playing soccer, we would, again, this has no data with it. It's just one of those hot take, live with it. But all of our best athletes go play football, other sports. Soccer is down down the list. But if NFL did not exist, think of how many great athletes would go play soccer. So I don't disagree. That, that's with my you. take. No, but but we still haven't convinced. Yeah, there's still just not. To me, there's still enough kids out there. I just don't understand why we don't have. Uh, we we can't prepare to be on that same level. I'm just fascinated by it because smaller were, countries, smaller countries. At your high school, were the soccer players the popular cool kids? Uh, did they get Did they get the hype? Like, oh, do you see? Do you see Weddington's soccer game Friday night? Or was it, man, what a football game. How about that basketball game? Yeah, there was definitely, yeah. Three of my close friends were soccer players. They're still in my fantasy league. But, yeah, the, the football players were definitely considered cooler, I guess. But I'm not sure. But, yeah, were they better? It's just better not as athletes? popular. It's just not as popular. Other countries do it differently. Um, but it's an exciting World Cup. It's usually not played at this time of year. So injuries going into the World Cup have been a big deal. Um, so there are, there's a lot of teams that aren't being aren't at full strength because of injury. France is one of those teams. They won last World Cup, but they have a ton of injuries and a limited chance for success for them. Interesting. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I mean, I guess I just wish... If I'm going to get really into the World Cup, I have a team to root for, and I got to have the at least the option or the possibility that they can win the whole thing. So you're telling me that that's not the case? That's concerning to me. It's that, unlikely. That, yeah, that tempers my excitement level. So now but you get to I'm, embrace the underdog. You get to embrace the underdog. All that's, right, that's, that's a, your mo. That. App State. They went into Kyle Field. Well, now the wind looks way worse than it was. Hey, it was a at great win at the time. It's a great win <laughs> at, at the time. time. You know what? I don't want to downplay it now. A&M was struggling to put away UMass, the worst team in college football this past week. <laughs> Statistically, the worst team in college football. And oh, it, was a, it was a close game until the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, things were unraveling in Texas, that's for sure, for your boys. <laughs> um, 
Well, so I'm, I hope I don't want to. If you enjoy the World Cup, you enjoy it, man. I'm going to hey. watch some Hallmark movies, but you, <laughs> you you enjoy the World Cup. Hey, I'm Team Hallmark, so we're like minded in that. I grew up on Hallmark movies. I was at, uh, I was with a group of guys at church, and they were saying, "All right, what are some Christmas traditions? What do you what favorite Christmas movies?" And I said, with no shame, if it's Hallmark, that's my favorite. And they were like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, of course I am. Hallmark movies never fail. They're so no, good. That's right. That's right. Um, I just saw a comment. Mike brings up a good point. Yeah, basketball is taking a lot of these great athletes too. Because think about, I mean, LeBron's 6'8", which would be tough, but skilled players in in the NBA, that, that would translate. That would translate to soccer. Even, even yeah. more so than football, especially you think about, I don't know, half the players are linemen. They're not playing soccer. Now some receivers, running backs, quarterbacks potentially, maybe – there, there would be. You know, That's why it's hard because so many sports are competing for, like, to these other countries. Like these, they're starting as boys, and the technical skills required to be good at soccer. Like, it takes more than athleticism. But if we didn't have the NFL, we have great athletes who could learn the skills and technical skills required to be good at soccer. Again, it's a very blind take, but it makes sense in my mind. Yeah. Uh, some good good chat uh, comments, so I appreciate that. Um, some good stuff, guys. Um, all right, I did want to mention uh, a couple of college football things too. We got a lot to get to because we got to talk Thanksgiving. Wow, oh, yeah, we're we're, uh, we're we're very full today. Um, before we uh, get full on Thursday, on, on yeah, full Thanksgiving uh, day and three games on Thursday, which is awesome. Um, but as far as college football goes, so it's interesting watching the games on Saturday. Michigan was on upset alert. Ohio State for a while was on, on upset alert. TCU. And I'm figuring out, okay, I love a good upset, but I also want to see the next couple of weeks set up well and, and have yep. some intrigue down the stretch. And, and I think what I wanted to see more than the upset was Ohio State and Michigan undefeated going into Saturday's game. Essentially, the winner gets no a spot in the playoff. Yeah. So – that to me is pretty sweet. So now it sets up for you know noon on Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, one yeah. of the great rivalries in all the sports. That's right. Both Find on the a couch, fire up Urban Meyer. Good day. Oh gosh, no game day. <laughs> College game day will be uh, there okay. at, at Ohio State. I think it's yeah. at, at Ohio State. So um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. And then the TCU uh, win over Baylor that was fascinating. The, the 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 ability to rush on a field goal kick. Normally I'm anti kicker, but I gotta say what they pulled off, and for that kicker to go in and just nail it, unbelievable, remarkable. unbelievable. The Cowboys had 16 seconds last year in the playoffs <laughs> and couldn't do it. I'm watching this. It's third down, and TCU runs the ball. I'm like, wait, what are they doing? Yeah. And the yep. kicker's the last one to run out there. They had 14 seconds. They get it snapped. That's the thing for a kicker. Don't give yourself time to overthink. Go yeah. out there and pull the trigger. Cowboys have 16 seconds. Can't do it. So it was, it was a. I was on the couch watching. And I just like had to start yelling. I'm like, wait, what is happening? What is it happening? It was unbelievable. It, it really was. And then to hear Sonny Dykes after the game talk about how they practice that every week. I was surprised by that. Special but teams maybe, coach deserves a serious raise. Yeah, that was great. What a yeah. what a cool cool play. Um, and then I was also thinking about 
Um, you know, you mentioned your your Texas A and M school. You know, the reality is the majority of schools at this point in the year are disappointed about the season, right? There are there are a handful of teams. I think about Tennessee now. You know, losing oh. to South Carolina over the weekend and quarterback about, is a torn ACL. Oh, devastating! I mean, number one in the country. Yeah. They're feeling good, you know. Oh man, we're gonna have an awesome team, and now you know to to end the season the way that they are. Uh, that's really tough. Uh, you know, UNC, a, a team that I've followed this year. We have a lot of listeners that are that are diehard UNC fans. They lost a shocker on on Saturday, and and I actually to Georgia Tech, and I actually was uh, got an email from one of my buddies, and he was just saying that uh, I, I hope we don't overlook Georgia Tech, and you know because they're all excited about the ACC championship game, you know. Clemson and, and all that they're already that's already locked in which is interesting mm-hmm. and now UNC you know drops and um you know May has been on the kind of the Heisman uh rising watch on the Heisman watch um so uh so yeah so that was a that was a big one for for them and, and so you just kind of go down the list and you're like wow a lot of these teams just kind of struggling toward the end I mean at one point Ole Miss was one of those teams like oh, they're cute they maybe they're gonna make a little run They've yeah. kind of fallen off. My um, Jayhawks were five and zero, oh, and now they're oh gosh six and six. Yeah, yeah, bowl eligible, so we're fine. I don't want to hear season is a success, but yeah, and even even not even App State, we were the we were the the, the team of the country. We were the America's team, so to speak. We were the the coolest team yeah. in the country for for well, the month un- of September, and yeah. now we've we've crumbled. We we won on Saturday, but it's unfortunate. The way college football is set up is, to your point, is most of the teams have nothing to play for. Like, bowl games have lost their luster. Because if you don't make the college football playoff, but you're a Power 5 school that was trying to make the playoff, ah, like, what's the point? Unless you're a a fifth-year guy, you're going to be there all four years. Yeah, but if you're a guy that's going to the NFL, like, we're going to get into the conversation soon about big-time players sitting out. So it's just unfortunate because if your team is shooting for the playoff and misses the playoff but still goes to a bowl game, it's, like, eh, it's just a formality. Like It's not really anything to really get excited about. No, That's no. why you got to expand the playoff. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, so that, that'll, be, that'll be sweet. I, I think we still have to wait one more, one more year. 2024 seems to be the, the yeah. earliest that'll, that'll happen. But, yeah, I can't wait for that. All right, so – Let's uh, we'll have to go quickly on this, uh, but we did want to have a little Thanksgiving fun. Oh yeah! And so, Luke, if you are prepared for this, I'm going. I, I don't. I'm not sure where you're going with this. I'm just going to react to it. Uh, but we're going to talk a little Thanksgiving. We'll try to get the audience in on this as well uh, with your reaction. So, uh, so Luke, take it away. So I wanted to get your reaction on a handful of various Thanksgiving trends and traditions. Uh, so I've been doing research. What what are, what are Americans thinking? How are we navigating all things Thanksgiving? So the first thing, the say, okay, for the first thing, like okay, what what are people thinking about the? I'll start off with a softball. What's the best side dish in Thanksgiving? The overwhelming evidence is mashed potatoes is mm. ranked number one as the best Thanksgiving side dish. What is your? It, it seems bland. But it's the overwhelming favorite on on all these sites that ranked them and polled Americans. So, what are your thoughts on that? 
so I love mashed potatoes, but to me, you got to go something that's a little more unique and specific to Thanksgiving because I don't know about you, but how often are you really enjoying sweet potato casserole throughout the point. year? You know, I mean, we should, but we don't. I don't think it's I don't think it's a part of the kind of the weekly food routine. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you throw mashed potatoes, they're they're a part of a lot of dishes. They make their way, you know, throughout the year. So it's nothing special on Thanksgiving. They're needed. You got to have them on the table. Don't get me wrong. I love them. My yeah. mom's gonna make them delicious. You know, plenty of butter and all the goodness. But I got to go sweet potato casserole. That that's the go to. That's a special, unique thing to Thanksgiving, yeah. baby. Yeah, green bean casserole. That 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 does it for me. Green bean casserole gets the job done. Yeah. All right, this one's this one's controversial. According to National Restaurant Association research, which is funny, 14 million people have their Thanksgiving meal at a restaurant every year. Have you ever considered dining at a restaurant for your Thanksgiving meal, or do you know people that do that? 14 million Americans are doing it every year. It's never going to happen in my family. But I wonder your thoughts on that. Well, I guess on one side, I want to have compassion because certain people, you know, based on circumstances, whether you know, work-wise or family-wise, you're, you, like that's your best option. So I don't want to necessarily rip on the fact that, that that's the case. But um, I would never – I don't think I could do that. If I, I would almost go counter Thanksgiving. If I was ever, you know, having to be stuck in a snowstorm alone or whatever – I'd have to go pizza. It'd be like a Thanksgiving pizza day. No Golden and, Corral? Not find a Golden Corral? Because then to me, you're like settling for lesser than. It's like, ah, it's not quite a home-cooked meal. Yeah. I mean, Golden Corral or K&W Cafeteria. I can't. That would be hard. Bojangles. Bojangles dishing out Thanksgiving food? No. Yeah, no. Now, I don't mind a good fried turkey. So if I could, if I could get – my family doesn't do that. So I would be open to that specifically fried turkey somewhere would be fun. I will say when I was in college, the Thanksgiving meal that they would do a few days before we all left to go home mm-hmm. was always nice. That was a nice little, little warm up meal. Um, it. So it wasn't in replacement, but in addition to then I'm, then I'm okay somewhere else out, you know, a non home cooked, a non home cooked meal. Yeah. So it's no secret. Thanksgiving, the TV's on, you got football, you got college sports, a lot of great things to watch. Included in that is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and the dog show. Ooh. Are those staples in the Johnson household? Because as a kid, I would walk down and my my grandparents and my aunt and my mom, I mean, they're down there at 7 a.m. talking, the parades fired up on the TV. As I've gotten older, it's like, yeah, it's cool. I feel like it's lost its magic a little bit, but I wonder if that's a go-to for you. I I'm not a big parade guy. I In I don't understand it. No, I. So what I do like are I, I like music. So if it's music oriented, like hey, we got a special, uh, you know, concert live in the city. That to me, I'm all in. I don't know how often they do that for the Thanksgiving Day parade, but sometimes they're around Christmas and stuff. They'll do some parades with that. But but the dancing or the big floats, I, I I can't. That's not that's not drawing me in. I'd rather watch three hours of NFL pregame coverage <laughs> and all the cool all the cool Thanksgiving features, yeah. right? You know, they're a little bit more heartfelt, a little bit more you know uh, beyond football. I would say, uh-huh. 
on Thanksgiving, I'm all in for that. So I'm, I'm watching that instead of the, the parade. I may throw it on just to just out of uh, habit, you know, because my dad used to always have it on and that kind of thing. But it's, it's not my I'm, I'm not in, intrigued by it. No. Yeah. Uh, so I got two more quick things that are staples in American households. So first is the turkey trot. Thousands of people every year wake up early on Thanksgiving to voluntarily run anywhere from three to eight miles. Mm. And some people, it's a fun family thing. Other people are thinking, you know, I got to work for my meal later, burn these calories before the meal. Have you ever considered a turkey trot? Are you a, are you a seasoned turkey trot runner? Is there a turkey swim for the swimmers in the country? They line up in their Speedos and they do a couple miles for a swim. Oh my gosh. Have I ever considered it? That's a funny question. Uh, no, Luke, I have not considered it. Um, uh, however, you're not going to raise I, your daughters on the turkey trot. No, as you're okay, huffing no. and puffing in downtown Charlotte. <laughs> when, when it comes to holidays, like I'm very locked into, I'm at home, and then I'm going to go to the location of the day. Well, you know, mm-hmm. my parents' house is usually the location for the day. Other than I'm not going. Like I, when I think about the 36 years of my life, Thanksgiving or Christmas. I have very rarely been seen anywhere else other than <laughs> home and you know my parents' home. That that's yeah. it. So I'm not stopping at the store even. I'm not anywhere. So I'm definitely not signing up for a turkey trot. And I don't know what could happen at the turkey trot that, that, that could then jeopardize my Thanksgiving meal. I mean, yeah. I'm preparing mentally, emotionally, <laughs> physically for a, a feast later in the day. No, yeah. I'm not out training and preparing for some kind of turkey trot. That's absurd. Sorry, Luke. But I will say, <laughs> when I was in fifth grade, I can't even remember like what the circumstance was, but we did a turkey trot at our school during school. So it must have been in November. And guess what place I finished? First. Third. Ah. Not bad. Not bad. Hey, it's, hey, it's USA. We're... we're, we're one of place, right? Isn't that? <laughs> that's thought, right. Oh, that's just for soccer. That's, that's just right. for soccer. Um, that's right. I'll take it. A top three, top three finish. So I was pretty good in fifth grade. I peaked. Now, I, my athletic ability peaked in fifth grade, unfortunately. Ah, then then the radio career began. <laughs> that's right. In yeah. eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So lastly, post Thanksgiving event, mm. are you the four a.m. Black Friday shopper? <laughs> are you going to bed a little early, turning Sunday, turning Thursday night football off a little early? Hey guys. I'm waking up at three and I'm head to Target to buy a new TV. Are you that guy? I have a couple of those in my family. To me, give me the online sales. Give me Cyber Monday. I'm not trying to leave at four in the morning Friday to go get 30% off something. I'll let you guess. Do you think I'm that guy, Luke? <laughs> I don't think you're that guy, but I would love for you to, to pronounce an indictment on those people. <laughs> Tell them why they're crazy. Again, I I don't want to rip people because I I know I know listeners and family friends and all that participate in it. I, I'm not a big shopper. You know what I actually like to do? I like to go antique shopping. That's my. It's a slower oh. pace. It's it's. I like seeing old stuff. I like finding deals and steal. You know, you know, just fun what? stuff. That's that's my that's my. I don't know. Guilty. You decorate pleasure, your man cave with antiques. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Oh yeah. Like a, what do you like think a... I got these? Like an old China, the- old China. Uh, this is from an cup. antique store, Luke. Okay. What I'm holding up—that's sports memorabilia, though. That's what I find. That's what I find there. 
Okay, so you're not buying antique silverware and tea no, cups. Oh gosh, that. no. Old picture as far as, as far as Black Friday goes, I think it's. I think I just from my perspective, it's insane. One to get up early or stay up late to go shopping and to be with all those crazy people wanting this one item. I, that no deal is worth it to me. <laughs> to, to, to pull a jingle all the way, Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting for these, <laughs> fighting for these toys and and items and yeah, yeah I, I can't do that. I'm 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 nestled. I'm nestled after a, a nice day of sweet potato uh, casserole. Yeah, apple apple crisp and it's hibernation and mode. Pie. Hibernation mode. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, so the, leave the your thoughts question. for these questions. Be or if you have a very odd Thanksgiving tradition, we'd love to know. We're open here. I, I'm always looking, you know, as, as Madeline and I in the future think about when we're going to have kids, our own family traditions. We're open. Mm. I'm open to ideas. Turkey trot. Yeah. I've done one. I've done one turkey trot. It was fine. I'm not dying to do another one. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> no, we do need. To, I probably don't have a lot of Thanksgiving traditions uh, for the day. I mean, it's just food, football, family. Yeah, and that's that's what it's been. So. um course faith is part of everything but but yeah so that's that's interesting uh yeah mike makes mention that uh black friday started two weeks ago which is also <laughs> the case so so we've kind of lost it we've lost its luster over the years too now people just almost do it for a game at this point because the deals are available after black friday because then there's cyber monday and yeah. all that kind of thing so if you if you really need a deal it's out there you can yeah. find it so. the, the most uh hot take of the comments is Mike again best side dish is more turkey I'm probably out <laughs> on turkey in general extremely overrated meat I'd rather fill up on side dishes versus turkey me too but to think of man I've got I've got room for one more side let me pound some turkey <laughs> more turkey I'll power you to you Mike though I'll power to you yeah I, I'm a ham I go ham I'm a ham guy well, definitely yeah. a ham guy we, we've made the switch with uh, on the Johnson side, so very turducken? excited. Have you that. made the switch to turducken? Now that seems seems fancy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know how hard, hard to pull off. They are going to honor John Madden on Thursday, which will be fun. So that's yeah. cool. Always love the the John Madden memories. So uh, very cool. All right, we're going long today, but but I do want to say hello to Henry, and, and we'll do a little uh, little tap drill uh, as uh, as Henry's recovering from his Giants loss over the over the weekend, but. Uh, Henry, what's up, man? How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, we decided that we were a little bit too smart for ourselves and decided to put the ball in Daniel Jones's hands, and he threw the ball 44 times. And as a result, wow. you would think, and it happened, he had two interceptions. Well, the first one was like the out insane long arms of, I think it was Aiden Hutchinson. He just snagged the ball out of the air. So I'm not going to put necessarily that one on him but i'm looking at mike kafka i'm looking at you mike kafka i'm looking at you brian dable you guys had the formula run the ball let daniel jones throw the ball about 15 20 times get him outside and you guys are are basically going to stay in most of your games Unfortunately, you got too smart for your own britches. You decided to let Daniel Jones throw the ball all over the lot. Unfortunately, he had 341 yards, which is nice, but he threw two to the other team, and as a result, you get a blowout at MetLife Stadium. So, crazy. I know. Saquon was a letdown. They didn't give him the ball. They didn't, they didn't no, they, they gave him the ball only 16 times, and, like, you have the formula. 
right there. It's proven. It's worked. And then you decide to get fancy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's well, right. I heard I heard I heard this before the game. Matthew Barry said it uh, on NBC. He said Detroit's better than their record. The Giants are worse than their record. And I would agree with that. So that's how that's how it played out. Detroit's Detroit, Detroit starting. Things are starting to click for them. So it's, it's pretty cool. All right, Henry, we'll do it. We'll do a couple a uh, couple tap drill questions here. All right, a couple of tap drills. Um, did you see the altercation with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Montrell Harrell on the 76ers? If you hadn't seen it, go look, go look at the video. And basically what's happening there is um, Giannis is practicing some free throws, and the employees of the arena are trying to get their stuff done. So what Giannis does is he proceeds to take the ladder and yank it out of the way so that he could continue his free throws. And then as soon as he shoots a free throw, Montrezl Howell comes in, takes the ball, and leaves. So, guys, who's right in this? Does anybody really care? No, I found this to be fascinating because I was torn as to who was in the wrong because the game is over. Everybody's trying to wrap things up, right? The, the workers there, I'm sure they're hourly, and they're just trying to you know finish up and get home and, and fix the net or whatever. And Giannis is thinking, hey, I'm one of the best players in the world. I just had an off-shooting night. We lost. I missed some free throws. I want to immediately get out to the gym and work on my free throws. And he has this thing where he has to hit 10 before he leaves. And so he was stuck at 8. He was stuck at 8, and he had to get to 10. <laughs> and, and so I respect the, the commitment for, from him to want to practice and get better. And that's why I love Giannis. I love Giannis. He represents so many great qualities and aspects that you want in a superstar but but at the same time hey man you got to get out of there they're closing up shop the gym's closing you got to go so but then harold get out of here harold get him out of the league i've had enough of harold he's he was a nightmare with the hornets and how things ended there he got in trouble and i'm I'm over that so if i'm gonna side with anyone it's gonna be Giannis or the 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 people that are just working hard to to wrap things up does Giannis do that every game he has to make 10 I think it's just his routine anytime he's working out. Yeah. So, yeah. The I'm not obvious, sure he does that every game, after every game. Yeah. The obvious answer is they're both wrong. These <laughs> these are workers that their boss says, hey, tear down the gym. The game's yeah. over. And you have a, a player saying, no, move your ladder. What are they supposed to do? They're here to do their job. Giannis, go home, dude. <laughs> you don't, well, it, especially if it's this, oh, we got to have this Kobe mentality of, oh, I had an off night. I got to go get shots up for two hours. No, you don't. Shoot tomorrow. Uh, You'll well, be fine. And Harold, don't even get me started on him. Kobe, I, I like that commitment. <laughs> I like the commitment there. But don't even get me started on Harold, who is for sure first team all fake tough guy. Like, dude, uh, come on. Fagazi. It's uh, like... We don't. We don't want it. it. It's it's amateur at middle school. You're stealing his ball. Giannis is in the wrong, dude. Leave. Yeah. Harold. We've heard. <laughs> we've seen enough fake tough guy. It's ridiculous. It's so. Yeah. It's so annoying. Because yeah, there's another video this- of Harold talking trash to Giannis's brother, and I mean making all these threats. Oh yeah, try me. Come try me. What we, we're on a basketball court. Uh, Come on. It's that's annoying. Funny. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the guy. I'm on the side of the of the workers because all we're trying to do is go home, okay? And 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 Giannis, you're not even in Milwaukee. You're in Philly. Yeah, you're on the road. That's if the you were in Milwaukee. If you were in Milwaukee, we could we would be okay with that because you're Giannis. We're gonna let you do whatever you want to do. 
but you're point. not at home. You're in Philly. Get off the court. Yeah. We got to go. That's fair. But the funny thing, too, the, the ladder fell. Like, that's hilarious. He, he was like, <laughs> the ladder, and then it accidentally, he wasn't trying to make it fall, but it did yeah. fall. That adds to it. So there you go. All right. Good, good stuff. What's next? All right, staying in, stay in basketball, not necessarily the NBA. We're going to go to the country of Taiwan. Now, why Taiwan, you say? There we'll find ex-NBA player Dwight Howard, who is putting up ridiculous numbers in Taiwan, one of his favorite countries, if you listen to him talk about it. One of, one of the, his most recent games, he had 38 points, 25 rebounds, and I think he went like... He, he hit, like, five three-pointers. What do we think about Dwight Howard? First of all, what do we think about Dwight Howard shooting three-pointers, number one? I don't know what possessed him to do that. And number two, what do we think about Dwight Howard playing in Taiwan? Well, good for him to keep playing. I mean, <laughs> he, was, he was okay the last couple years in the NBA as a, as a role player and, you know, guy coming off the bench, and he's still in great shape and, you know, he, he really he had a great career for a long time and then he bounced around so much and they just kind of had a weird interaction. It seemed like with a lot of teams and coaches and all that and sort of kind of soured you know, fans soured on him a little bit. But it is amazing that these guys can go overseas, keep keep hope alive, keep playing you know the sport that they love. Um, and and sometimes even later on, you know, 38 year olds to be able to keep putting up big numbers, uh, good for them. So that's cool. I, 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 I'm not going to be watching it or keeping up with it. but It's hilarious. It's so funny. I don't know what this league is, but if Dwight Howard is putting up 38 and 25, shooting threes, running pick and rolls, either the NBA, this shows how the NBA is impossible to play in, or this is the worst league of all time. Dwight Howard is shooting pull-up <laughs> three-pointers. Who was the uh, who was the Lakers big guy that got benched for shooting a three at the top of the key when Mike Brown was the coach there? Oh, I'm forgetting, um, but like, there's people that should not be shooting threes. Dwight Howard is one of those players, and but, but players it's just, can it's just hilarious that he goes leaves the NBA. I mean, he's vocal about how the Warriors should sign him. Oh, I'd be a great addition to the Warriors. I need to mentor James Wiseman. The Warriors should sign me, which is funny in itself. But then I'm going to go to another league. I'm going to put up 38 and 20. These are Wilt Chamberlain numbers for Dwight Howard. As soon as he leaves the NBA, it's so funny. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't know and what he's, the level's like, but he's playing against 6'3 guys. No, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> he looks like Shaq. Like, they threw him a lob from out of bounds, and it was, I think, the greatest dunk I've ever seen. It's wow. exaggeration. But, he, I mean, he looked like it was amazing. But to your point, the NBA is just so good. I watched the Stefan Marbury documentary, and yeah, his oh. his his years in in uh, the CBA were yeah. amazing. He's a legend. Yeah. After the falling out with the Knicks and everything, I mean, it's the NBA is impossible. That, that's the fact of the matter. Just to let you know, just to let you know exactly how big Stefan Marbury was. There, there's only two. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's only two statues of players in China, period. One, I believe, is Yao Ming. The other one is Stefan Marbury. He's a legend. I, I don't know where Jimmer Fredette ended up, but he was playing over there for a while, too. Putting up big numbers. Big numbers yeah. Like 70 points. Because <laughs> he could shoot. He just couldn't hang in the NBA for some reason. So yeah. it, it's, it's no. interesting. 
Um, all right, last one. Now let's go into the let's go into college football, and we're going to talk with our we're going to talk with a guy who's literally lighting it up in college football. We're going to go to Coach Prime and Jackson State. Coach Prime has led Jackson State to their first ever undefeated regular season and all they have to do to finish that off is to win the celebration bowl now there's just news breaking news just coming in through bleach report about an hour ago that uh coach Dion sanders is is going to start talks with two vacant jobs in particular university of colorado in the university of south florida he will Ooh. not will not be talking to auburn so okay. guys, so guys, do you think Coach Prime is ready to be in a Power Five conference? So this is a a very fascinating story, and I'm a Deion Sanders fan. Uh, I I loved. I was a knucklehead when I was growing up, but I would wear the headband and would do the Dion dance when I'm playing in the backyard. Um, so and I, yesterday, uh, Travis Kelsey did did a little uh, Dion into the end zone, which was cool. So that was fun to see. So I like Dion. I, I love the fact that he's been able to build a pro, you know, program like Jackson State. He's pr he's proven that he can be a coach. He didn't just do it for the attention. Or he, he's been there for the kids. He's been there to, to, to pour into this university and this program. But I think along the way, he's revealed the type of coach that he could be. And it would be interesting to see him you know, at an even maybe more competitive level or a bigger opportunity. And you know, I love when, when coaches stay. Like, that's always my favorite when coaches build their own program and stay there and, and all that kind of thing. Um, but because Dion is such a big name and will get opportunities at bigger schools, I'm intrigued by, wait, how far can he take this? How, how you know, could he start competing in, in a bigger way? Uh, you know, thinking about it over the next five, 10 years type of thing. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I like South Florida. I would say South Florida. Stay in that area. I was under the impression that he was committed to – HBCUs. I thought he was going to be around at Jackson State for a long time. Maybe, maybe I mean, I don't know if he stated that, but his commitment to Jackson State and his his public support for HBCUs, I I didn't I didn't think he was going to leave for a big school. That seems mm. antithetical to what he's been doing at Jackson State. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's tough. I mean. Uh... Yeah, what was he wanting? He's to not required to stay. Just based on what he's saying, what he wanted. Yeah. yeah, based on what he's been saying, I thought he would have stayed, or he would stay. He, he still may, but it's interesting. I mean, yeah, it would be cool to see him at Florida State. That would be, that would be fascinating. Well, that's not happening. I think they've they've had a better season than they thought. So yeah, um, Norvell. Mike yeah, that Norvell. was. Yeah, Mike Norvell is currently the head coach at uh, Florida State. There was rumors that said that if Prime, if Coach Prime was interested, that he would listen to Florida State because, of course, that's where he that's where he played. But to Luke's point, uh, uh, Dion said that he would at least listen to the offer if he was offered. But right now, he still says that he still has a lot to accomplish with Jackson State as well as uh, with the HBCUs. And as the saying goes, rise, um, uh, rising tide lifts all ships. So um, he's trying to get more exposure to the HBCUs. Without him, they have, I believe just last year, they had an HBCU 
uh, combine just so NFL scouts can go to those schools and watch those watch those players in those schools. Hmm. Now, not only is he representing black coaches, and and so he could do that, you know, at a HBCU or no question step into the larger, you know, definitely realm and 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 represent in that way as well. Yeah. Um, he's also representing former players. He's representing former media yep. members. Right. So he's kind of breaking through in, in a lot of different ways. And yeah. um, even act, he's an actor on Aflac. So, um, <laughs> right. so, so, but, but I think people care, you know, he's a celebrity. I mean, th- th- this is a big deal. And so his decision, yes, it, it moves the needle in, in a big way. So if he stays right. that, that plays, you know, contributes a lot to the, to the growth, like you said, um, but then also new opportunities present themselves if he takes one of these these larger profile jobs. Can you imagine um, how he's able to stay present coaching with everything else that he's involved in? Like to to maintain celebrity status. I mean, that's going to happen regardless if he's pursuing that or not. But just to think of the the toll that's been weighing on him, undoubtedly for decades, that must be difficult. I don't. I don't know how they do it with the commercials. He loves the attention. He loves it. He, he embraces that. He loves all that. Still, though, it's it's a lot. It's impressive. His his motor still going. Yeah, there's I, one, I don't know how old he's in his fifties, probably. Yeah. There's one funny story, and we'll end it with this. There's one funny video where Primey's got all his kids walking. I believe he's walking through an airport, and. He's noticing all the kids are not, they're paying attention to their phones and not paying attention to where they're going. So he stands in the middle of the airport. He says, all of y'all need to turn your phones off and pay attention. Now, he was so, that, that statement was so powerful. Even the person who was recording him turned <laughs> off his phone. Video ended as soon as he said that. That's good. As soon as he said that, video done. Hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, Henry, man, appreciate you. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy and Thanksgiving, we'll, boys. We'll recap it all on Monday. And, and speaking of you know, media members going straight into coaching, we didn't even talk about Jeff Saturday today. Another strong performance from him and the Colts. They were ready to play. They marched right down the field. Jonathan Taylor scores a touchdown against the Eagles. And they were in that game, but they let it slip away. That was that was a tough one. That was that was actually an exciting game. I was into that one, um, and, but the Eagles, ah, they're just they're they were a little bit little bit better. Just had enough to get over the hump. That was that was just one of those games. Matt Ryan, he just doesn't have he just doesn't have it. It's frustrating. It really is. If you're if you're counting on him to go win you a game, it's it's difficult. It really is. So uh, that was that was disappointing. I was I was hoping for for another crazy crazy win for the Colts. Uh, with with Saturday, but he's at least proven it's not a joke. They're they're here to play. They're here to win. So that was that was exciting. Um, but yeah, we didn't get into that game too much. We t- we talked heavy Colts the last two weeks, so we'll uh, we'll see how things. Uh, maybe I mean Eagles are a tough opponent, especially coming off a loss. So they needed that win. Now they're back in the mix. I'll be curious now. The Vikings on Thursday, uh, how do they respond to their tough loss to the Cowboys yesterday? So that'll be that'll be interesting. But uh, enjoy the games. Thursday, enjoy it. Saturday, college football. Sunday, more games. Oh man, what an awesome time of year! Soak it in, enjoy the family, and uh, and let's all you know really focus on you know gratitude and and most importantly the gratitude that comes when we reflect 
on who Jesus is, what he's done in our lives, and, and the salvation, the eternal life, the goodness, the faithfulness of God, uh, let, 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 let that pour out of us, the gratitude, the humility that comes from acknowledging that uh, and embracing all that, all that we are, all that we have in Christ, um, but, but who he is and, and, and elevating him above all else. So, uh, so that's the encouragement today. The Unpack This devotional will go out in just a little bit as well. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to that, you can check out unpackingit.com slash subscribe. For Luke and Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.